Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we're able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Well, have you ever struggled to get through a race? Well, we have a special guest today who's going to share her experience of doing just that. And then I'm going to talk about a button they use in the radio industry that covers up their mistakes. You don't want to miss that. And joining me to share her story this week is Kimberly Slape. Did I say that right? You did, and most people don't, so I appreciate that. (laughs) Good job. Good. (laughs) Well, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. I'm tired of the rain, but other than that, I'm good. Yeah, it's been raining for two solid days, yes. hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we needed it, though. Absolutely. So yes. it's all good. Yes. All right. Well, most people think this studio is bigger on camera than it is in yeah. person. What do you think? Well, I, I worked in radio years ago. So you and know. And I worked in an even tinier studio, so, but, um, so this is pretty good size, actually. You know it. Yeah. But yeah. probably looking at it, I could see why you would think that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Sure, for sure. So you're from Monroe, Georgia. Uh, I am originally from Indiana, but yes, okay. I have lived in Monroe, Georgia for the past 14 years. 14 yes. years. So yeah. 14 years, that would be, okay. I can't even count that anymore. So <laughs> Debbie and I, my wife and I, were in Monroe, Georgia. For her 50th birthday. 50th? Wow. No, it was, might have been before her 50th birthday. I can't remember the exact year, but we were there to skydive. Oh, yes. I did that for my 40th birthday. Is that right? Yes. Well, Debbie always wanted to mm-hmm. do it. And so that's what I gave her for her, for her birthday present one year is we drove to Monroe awesome. and did, uh, and she did it. She did it. We've got a video and yes. everything. Yes. Uh, so I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I think I used it I not too long ago on one of the Thursday night things. Yeah, maybe I have. But anyway, yes. Anyways. It, but yeah, yeah skydiving is awesome. I would do it again. <laughs> yeah. Really cool. Really cool. All right. Well, let me go over our sponsor for today. Our sponsor for today is State Farm with Brandon Combs. When you make the right decision, it feels good. Like picking the perfect accent rug or choosing a good night's sleep over an all-night crime show binge. It feels really good to make the right insurance decision, too. That's why State Farm agent Brandon Combs is right here in Dalton, Georgia, to help you select the right protection at the right price. Brandon will make sure you understand your State Farm coverage is so you'll know what to expect if the unexpected happens with State Farm agent Brandon Combs. It's easy to make the right choice. Just call him. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And I use Brandon. He's a good guy. And uh, it's funny. If you ever, if I ever text, I'll text him at weird hours sometimes. And I, he's, he's always on it. It's nice when you have somebody that does that. <laughs> yes, very responsive. And I've had a couple of just, yeah. you know, minor things, not real serious things. But as soon as I have something, I call him and he's, he is on it so quick. So, all right. Well, we had a Facebook post from last week from Patrick Hubbard, and he said this, I struggled on this workout more so than any in the past. I was telling myself from the start that I wasn't going to be able to do it. The first two miles, I was right on track, but felt like I needed to walk after the second mile. Actually, I wanted to walk long before finishing mile two, but kept pushing. I walked about a minute to a minute and 30 and then started my timer and ran the third mile. Glad I did as much as I did. Trying to learn to walk away from negative thinking. 
looked looked back at some previous workouts and I am progressing, but that sneaky devil keeps trying to discourage me. And that's what he does, right? Yes. Yep. I like the looking back thing. Uh, yes. To, to see where you've gotten to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's so encouraging. Yes. When you do that. And I think you made a good point too about the negative thinking, just paying attention to that and, mm-hmm. and changing your thinking. Yeah. Makes mm-hmm. a big difference. Absolutely. And I think everybody likes to hear it when we talk about struggles. Um, yeah, not, not because we want to revel in other people's struggles, but because it makes us realize that, well, we all go through them. Absolutely. And it makes our struggles seem like, okay, well, if everybody's going through it, well, maybe it's not so bad. We're all in this, in this boat together, right? Yeah, it's nice to know you're not alone. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then one of the things about writing, uh, writing down about your struggles as, as he did here on this post is that it really kind of makes you think about it more deeply. When you actually put it to words and put it on paper, like when you keep a log and you write down your feelings, it's, I can go back. I kept paper logs back when I was in high school and I can go back and look at that. And I wrote down some of the way I felt in certain, on certain days. I have kept journals for, I can't even tell you how long. It's very yeah. interesting to go back and look at that and see even where God has answered things in the moment where you think, Oh, he's not going to answer that. And then he does. Yeah. So you're like, Oh, okay. I guess he did know. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it helps you to contemplate those things a little Absolutely. bit more when you write yes. them down. Right. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, and of course, anytime that you start a new thing, I, I, like in this in, in this case, we're talking about running. But like, whenever we do, we're we're recording this as a video right mm-hmm. now. Well, I remember when I first started editing those videos and how hard it was, and how I had so much to learn. And then it gets to the point where it's just a routine thing, you know, where you you do the same thing over and over again. You know what to do when something doesn't go right. You know how to fix it and that kind of thing. And you get to the point where you you think, well, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not getting any better. And then you have that bad thing that happens and you think I'm going backwards, but you're not just like when you're running and you have a bad day, you're not going backwards. You're just having a bad day. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. I always say it's just a learning experience. Mm-hmm. So instead of having a bad day, I'm having a learning experience. That's a good way to put it. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, we had a trivia question from last week and this was a little different than a lot of the trivia questions we have. It was, do ice baths or Epsom salt baths work, and which one is better? So I would guess ice baths, but I read something not too long ago that actually said the cryotherapy chambers are supposed Mm -hmm. to be better than both. And I've done that. It is very cold. I bet it is. But my guess would probably be ice baths, but I love a good Epsom salt soak, whether it works or not. (laughs) Did you like the the cryotherapy? I, I did. I mean, I didn't like being freezing cold, but it did seem to help. Yeah. 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 It really did. Yes. I I haven't tried that, but I would, I would like to. Um, so, but you do do Epsom salt baths? Yes. Yes. I do those. I, I like those. They seem to help. Okay. Well, yeah. good. Good. I, I, I've done both. And I, the, here's the thing. The studies are inconclusive ah. on both. The studies do not prove that either one of them helps. There's no study that shows cryotherapy works either. Now, somebody will tell you yeah. there's a study that, yes. that shows yeah. it. Well, just yes. like somebody will tell you there's a study uh, that shows ice baths work. But for every study that shows they work, right. there's a study that shows they don't work. Yeah, because you have to look at who's giving yeah. you the study, right? Well, that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. But here's the other thing, too. I don't care what the study says. I know how I feel. And I know that when I take an ice bath, particularly after a long run, if I take mm-hmm. an ice bath, I know that the next day I am less sore. Period. 
And I don't, I don't care what mm-hmm. studies show. Right. That's how I feel. I would agree with that because I, f- I feel whether it's placebo or not, after the Epsom salt bath, after the cryotherapy, I always feel better. So. Yeah. 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 So I don't really, but the, the answer is that neither is better, neither is worse. I think it depends on your situation. So that was you know, a trick question. It was kind of a trick question, <laughs> but I wanted to hear some thoughtful answers. So I'm really interested to, yes. to see what the, the answers are. And then, um, the, the, the way that, that ice baths, well, of course, ice baths and Epsom salt baths do the opposite things, right? So mm-hmm. an, an ice bath is meant to slow your blood flow. Right. And an Epsom salt bath speeds up your blood flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, with an Epsom salt bath, you also have the magnesium yes. that helps pull some of that soreness out of your muscles as well. So, uh, yeah, they're both. And if you want to know how to do it, if you've never done it, an ice bath, the best temperature for an ice bath is somewhere in the fifties. So cold. <laughs> it is cold. But if you if you'll ta- if you'll get your bathtub and you'll fill it up so that it, when you sit in it, it's over, just over your waist, mm-hmm. and then you'll take twenty pounds of ice and pour that in that in that bathtub. It should be about right. And um, that sounds miserable. <laughs> <laughs> but the cryotherapy was too. So <laughs> yeah, but it's good for you. So yes. um, or at least I think it yes. is. And then you, you you sit in there for ten to fifteen minutes. Where some people go wrong is they'll, they'll go in there and and some people want to do it for 20 or 25 minutes and that's too long. Yeah. And so you want to be careful with that, not do it too long. So some people say as, as short as eight minutes is long enough for an ice bath. Epsom salt baths, they're about 20 minutes yeah. is, is ideal for an Epsom salt bath. And you just take a couple of pounds of Epsom salt, pour it in that same bathtub, except instead of cold water, you put warm water in there. But don't put hot water in there. A lot of people put hot water in their Epsom salt baths because that it feels good. Yeah. Hot water. Um, but they say that the kind of a little bit warmer than room temperature water is better. Okay. So uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And then somebody told me that one time. And then I started looking it up and I realized, well, they're right. Yeah, because I think I might be guilty of making it a little too hot as you're saying that, thinking about it. Yeah. yeah well, I always talk. Mm-hmm. I always just did completely hot water. Mm-hmm. I would get, it would, it would be so hot that I would have a hard time getting <laughs> in it because it was so hot. Uh-huh. You know? Because uh, I'm a weenie when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> Me <so>. too. <laughs> but anyway, so try it. Try an Epsom salt bath. Try a, a, an ice bath and see how it does for you. You may find that it works. You may find that it doesn't work. If you find it works, then do it. If you don't, then don't. The worst part about an ice bath for me mm-hmm. is the 30 minutes after the ice bath. Like the part of getting really? in there and, and get because it takes just a few minutes. You get numb. Yeah. You know, yeah. After a few minutes. But the 30 minutes after, I just cannot get warm. Uh, with that, yeah, that would make sense to me. Yes. <laughs> I'll put on sweatshirts and cover up and I'll shiver for 30 minutes after I get through. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I know it's good for you, supposedly, but I just, oh, the thought of just sitting in ice. <laughs> I do not like cold. <laughs> At Run for God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that I put together on the Run for God station on J Radio. All right. 
right, we're back. And you know, we've talked about this before. We'll talk about it again. Thursday nights, we do a live thing Thursday night. Kimberly, you're usually tuning in on Thursday nights. Yes, I try to catch up. Sometimes I can't quite make it because we go to we lay down and go to sleep really early. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I always try to catch it because it's really good information. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a lot of things I learned and it just in questions I didn't even know I had till other people ask them. And you can always catch it afterwards. Yes. Uh, you can go to go to your Run Club account on your at runforgod.com and you can catch everything we've done yes um, in the past even so they're all they're all there and available so we do some cool stuff sometimes it's informational sometimes it's bible study but it's it's always something that i think is um fun to listen to anyway of course i'm doing it so that's why (laughs) i like just because i'm in mental health i like when you do some things that are around the thinking part of running so i enjoy those probably more good others but yeah good all right so, uh, we talked, we've already established you're from Monroe, Georgia, mm-hmm. but tell everybody a little bit more about your family and, and other things. Okay. Well, I um, am married to a wonderful man named Randy that we've been together for 14 years. We have lots of fur babies, three of them. We have um, King, Zena, and Doc, and then I have a red-eared slider. Um, no children in our home, and that's okay, but we, um, have lots of friends and so we just have a good time. Oh good. Yeah. Good. So we have uh we have one dog and one cat. And um of course our dog's name is Flojo. Uh, yes, I do. That. I guess. Uh, of course okay. named after the runner. Um but I don't know what it is about my family. My kids have decided that they're just going to be dog people. My between my two boys, mm-hmm. they have um, I think 11 dogs. Wow. That's a yeah, lot of dogs. That's a lot of dogs. That's a lot of dogs. Um, both of them live in relatively small houses. Yeah. Have these big dogs. Um, and then, um, my, on the other side, my, um, my daughter, she also has, I, I, I need, she had a few dogs. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how many she has now. I think she was trying to get some people to take them off her hands. Right. Uh, you know, yes. one of those things. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, dogs, we got lots of dogs. Lots of dogs. Yes. Yeah. We, uh, my husband just kept bringing them home. Only one of them is not a stray. So. Uh, <laughs> and we had four at one time. Yeah. It's like, all right, no more dogs, no more dogs, no more dogs, <laughs> but I love them. So tell everybody what kind of, what kind of runner are you? Are you, you, what kind of paces do you run at? How much do you run? That kind of thing. So I was, I was thinking about this because I was like, I guess it's all in your perspective. I think sometimes I'm a slower pace runner, but so like Angie Hawkins and I were talking about this. She's like, well, no, I think amongst our group, you're more of an average pace runner. I'm like, but some people outside of maybe run club that I run with are way faster than me. Like Mm -hmm. Connie is a friend of mine and she's like super fast. So I'm trying to always keep up with her. But, and lately I've been trying to run about three to four days a week. I got a little off schedule this week, just work and other things. And, but you know, I had to remind myself, you said something, you said, stick with the plan, but don't obsess over the plan. And I Mm -hmm. I held on to that. So I just had to rearrange some things. Oh, good, (laughs) good, good. All right. Well, um, you're going to talk about an experience here that was from the Corpus Christi Marathon, yes. right? Yes. Which is, if you don't know where Corpus Christi is, it's in Texas, um, on it's, the coast, it's, right? Yep, it's way down there in uh, Texas. In, in the Gulf. Yes. And um, mm-hmm. you did this during the time when it gets warm. <laughs> yep. Because um, that's just what you do, yes. right? Not as warm as it is now, though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> good, good point. Good point. Well. Let me just let you just kind of take over and okay. and read your story, and then we'll talk about it. So okay. I'm going to get through. I'm going to put on my glasses for this so I can make sure I can see. <laughs> 
I knew when I signed up for this one, it was going to be tough. May in Corpus Christi, Texas is no joke. Hot and humid. A good clue was when the race direction stated you should really only sign up for the full marathon if you have ran four previous marathons. Well, I had three under my belt, so I figured that was close enough, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, (laughs) we attended the expo and packet pickup on Friday morning at the beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas A&M University. So we met some nice locals at the expo, and the volunteers would ring a cowbell for every person doing the individual marathon, because they also do a um, two-person and a six-person relay race. So, of course, I now realize they gave us individual marathon runners special attention, because they really thought we were all a little nuts. (laughs) And so, after (laughs) I... I finished, I realized they must be right. (laughs) So the race, while it was mostly a flat race, really, it was no joke, though, because um, so we met we met this local guy. Well, I guess he's local now. I think he was originally from Australia because his accent was definitely not Texan. Um, (laughs) um, But another Texan introduced me to him and he said, oh, he's ran the full marathon. Talk to him. So I said, "Okay, well, what do I expect from this marathon? And his one word response, it's going to be hot. (laughs) I was like, Okay. <laughs> so I was, like, I was hoping for a little more information, but that's okay. So the day of that marathon came and I was a bit n- nervous, apprehensive. Um, but I had realized, I mean, I trained as well as I could for that day. I had really put in the work for this one. Um, in most big races like they do before we started, we prayed, we did the national anthem. And then we were greeted with a warm welcome from their mayor, who also participated as a relay um, person and has kept the event going because they were going to shut it down a while ago. So that's been great. But so it began. The first half of the marathon, I really thought like I was soaring through this. Um, and ironically, my soaring through it is probably like what you would finish a marathon in. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, so yeah, so I enjoyed running. They did the first five miles on compact sand, and I had never really ran on that. So I wonder what that was going to be like, but it was great. I actually really enjoyed that. Felt great on my legs. I mean, and you really, you really cannot beat a race that is on the beach watching the ocean waves crashing while the sun's rising. You got all those majestic orange and pink and yellow colors coming out from behind the clouds. And it just started as a beautiful day. So in the first half, right after finishing the beach, though, which is, if anyone who knows me knows it's going to rain sometime, (laughs) the sky (laughs) opened up, torrential downpour um, for a minute, and then it was done. So that felt good. It was just, like, I felt like that was a blessing from God. So I finished Mm -hmm. that first half of the marathon in a little over three hours. But then, as my new um, Aussie friend predicted, it got hot. It got humid real fast. Um, and I don't think I mentioned yet, but 99% of that race was, there was no shade. It was like all in the sun. Mm. It was, so that second half of the race was pretty brutal. Um, it's funny though, as I was getting more brutal and I was just considering calling it quits, I decided to turn on a podcast to listen to with the hopes of maybe taking my mind off the brutality of what was happening in this race. And it, I feel like God gave me exactly what I needed in that moment. This podcast came on because I, my, um, phone it'll just automatically pick the next podcast. Mm -hmm. And so it was talking about people in the Bible doing hard things with no one to help or encourage them along the way. The only thing to do was trust God. So in that moment, I was working hard, praying, believing, trusting God to get me to the finish line, no matter what that, how long it took. I was like, I'm just, I'm going to finish. And so I was thankful you know, while at times I did feel that kind of walking alone in the desert, I knew, and I knew God was with me. 
But I was very thankful and grateful that I was able to call on. I have a lot of prayer warriors in my life and I'm like the run club family. Like I was able to post to people here. And then I have a stone mountain running group that I run with and my Grace Monroe church family and lots of other family, um, friends and members through, you know, Facebook. I always laugh. I say sometimes it can be used for good. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, but many people prayed, encouraged me. And, um, of course I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my husband. (laughs) He puts up with all these crazy ideas. This vacation and our next one are both because I want to go run somewhere. <laughs> so Randy is very sweet and, and does that for me. But, um, you know, I've never really been more thankful or realized how extremely all the volunteers. I mean, I always knew they were important. But this race, like I knew how amazing they were. They these people really seem to know like what I needed before I needed it. They'd hand me water, shove a bottle of Gatorades in my face, cooling towels, <laughs> ice, spray me with the water hoses, dumping cups of water with me. It just like right when I thought I was going to die and needed something, they were right there. Um, cause again, it was hot and humid, 80, 90 degrees, but real feels above 90. So finally I was nearing the finish line and this cute little boy, he was adorable. He was like eight or nine years old, had a little superhero cap on, cape on. And he was like, you're almost there. You're almost there. And this time I actually really was almost there because all these other relay runners, everybody was like, you're almost there. And I just wanted to shout, no, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, thankfully this child was right where I needed him to be. And I got my last little sprint. So then, you know, I was grateful. I saw my husband standing there waiting near the finish line for me as he always does. He's a good cheerer, best spectator. So then I was, I was crossing the finish line, getting my medal which proves everything is bigger than Texas. This thing was huge. Mm-hmm. I was like, they immediately escorted me to the medical tent and they knew what I needed before I knew because I was like, why are they taking me over here? But they handed me a cup of Gatorade, made me sit down, draped my shoulders and legs with ice cold towels. So that felt really good. But I had no idea. They said they recognized the medical team. I wasn't sweating and I didn't even normally I, I cause I sweat a lot. I'll just admit it. But so they did that. And I, um, didn't I forgot to mention probably that I had had some heart rate spikes, so I was walking more than I wanted in the second half. But you know what? I said, guess what? It was fine. <laughs> I still finished. And I wasn't even the last marathon runner in, but I was close to being the last. And that's okay, too. Um, you know, because I remind myself of what I tell other people. I showed up. Half the battle is won in just showing up, reminding myself with God and through God, I can handle hard better. And so God showed up for me and showed out through all the people this day. Um, so the race was on Armed Forces Day, May 20th, 2023, and it gave me an opportunity to honor the memory of my brother who he had served as a, a proud Marine, but unfortunately later in life died by suicide. Um, it was also a chance to just honor all the active military personnel that I think we sometimes take for granted. And I'm so thankful for the safety they provide and the liberties I'm afforded because of them. They are like, this tears me up because they are my why Mm. I want them to know that they matter. So if you're listening, you matter. Mm. So, uh, so let me get through this. (laughs) So the race was just one of two races that I'm running this year to just honor the memory, excuse me, of my brother, Greg and all the military personnel who have and do currently serve our country. So my second race is in October 2023, God willing, will be the Marine Corps Ultra Marathon, a 31.1 mile race with some tough time limits for me. Um, but for now, I'm just going to train harder, pray harder. And if it's God's will, successfully complete and persevere through this mm-hmm. next race. So I would be remiss if I didn't share one last thing here. So please, if you or someone you know is suicidal, please get them help. 
There is no shame in getting help. Be strong. You can call 988 24 hours a day. Also, if you are or have been in the military and you or someone you know is struggling, you can reach out to an organization called StopSoldiersSuicide.org and find the help they need that you need. Um, and it's a free service, by the way. And so for as for everyone listening, please pray for every one of our servicemen and women, retired, current and future enlistees and their families. And I just want to say thank you, Run for God, for your always ongoing support and encouragement and prayers. I would not be where I am today doing what I am doing today if it weren't for all of you for Mitchell following God's prompting and the desire he placed on his heart to create this amazing ministry that I truly believe is a culmination of physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. So there's more to this story, but I'll end it with this. After September 2012, I never thought I'd run again, but by God's grace and in God's timing, he gave me the mental strength to start again. It took longer than I would have like to get here, but God, I'm so grateful, thankful, and blessed for this one life. Let's live it well and disciple others well, too. That's great. Well, thanks for calling attention to something that I think is an important thing, too. Um, a, a couple of things. One, one the military thankfulness yes. for our military, I think, is I think it's a shame that there are people out there who really don't understand I completely agree. (laughs) The sacrifices that have been done. Um, But also just men in general Mm -hmm. um, have been left behind in in our culture these days. And um, it's it's a really sad thing to watch. Yes. And, you know, and that's why I love that Stop Soldier Suicide Organization, Mm -hmm. because it is veteran led. It is veteran developed and everything they do is for. And and it's I I believe I could be wrong about this, but most of the people who created are service men. So I think that's easier for service men to reach out maybe to other service men. I think that's Um, true. Because in the field I work in, in counseling, it's it's hard sometimes to even get men to come to counseling. Right. Because you have to be, you know, you got to be strong. <laughs> well, that's part yes. of the whole cultural thing, right? Yes, for, for men is mm-hmm. that, you know, men are told you, mm-hmm. you, you, you have to be tough and right. you, you know, you, you just got to suck it up. Yes. And that's why suicide rates are higher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Among men yes. because, um, you know, that. Because they're doing what they're told. I'm trying to suck it up. And at some point, you can't suck it up anymore. That's right. right. Well, anyway, what in the world were you thinking? Signing up for a race in Corpus Christi. 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 I want to say crispy. It was kind of crispy. Uh, So so I, I still laugh to the day when I had sent you a message about, well, how do I train for the heat and humidity in Corpus Christi in May? And your immediate response was, well, I'd tell you not to sign up for a marathon in Corpus Christi in May. But my thinking was, well, if I can do this in the heat and humidity and I can do my 26 miles, it won't make 31.1 in Virginia seem so bad. And I'll know, I think I can do it. There is some truth to that. There is some truth to that. That's for sure. Plus it's on the beach. I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I've been in some hot races. I've run two Boston marathons where the temperature was over 80 degrees. Um, one time it got up to 87 degrees and uh it was you know it's funny the heat affects me a little bit differently than than i think it does other people i didn't realize it was that hot i knew it was hot mm-hmm. you know, i knew i was sweating a lot and you know you get that salty feeling yes. on but other than that it just wasn't all that that i didn't think it was that bad but i got through and my time was just not near where i wanted it to be and i was so worked up about it and i was like <laughs> can't believe I ran that slow and struggled that much. And then I looked at my overall place. Right. 
Um, so in at Boston, you're basically seated by your number, okay. right? So mm-hmm. the lower the number, the the better the your your qualifying time. In this case, I think my qualifying time was like fifteen hundred or something like that. So mm-hmm. basically, I should finish around that place, about fifteen hundred. And when I got there, I finished three hundred. Okay. And so, um, of course, a lot of people didn't even run that year. Right. They just, they heard it was going to be hot. They just didn't show up. So <laughs> that happened to me in Savannah. I ran a half there and they canceled the marathon because the weather was so bad. Yeah. And literally people walked out their door, turned around and walked back in. Yeah. But I, I run with a group of people. We're pretty hardcore when it comes to like, we're just going to do it. But you just do it. <laughs> yes. You just do it. And you did it. We did. And you got through it and you wound up in the medical tent. I've been there as well at the Boston marathon because yes. I couldn't stand up without passing out. Well, and I had no, like that was weird to me because I thought, why are they making me come over here? I really had no idea. Wow. So yeah, but I think I was delirious by then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, stop, when you stop sweating, you're just, you're just shy of heat stroke. Yes. That and, point, so. and that was, I, that they had said early on when you did the marathon, they made you carry a bottle of water with you. And oh, really? they, every time somebody had Gatorade, like they made you, like they shoved it in your face, whether you wanted it or not. <laughs> well, good for them. Yes, good for them. Yes. Although that would be, that would irritate me. I'll, it, I'll drink when I want to. Yeah. <laughs> It, it irritated me a little, but I realized they were trying to keep me from having heat stroke. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, just just make sure if you're out there and you're listening to this, make sure you temper your expectations when you run, especially long races in the heat, yes. because it does have an effect, and you will think you're fine, mm-hmm. um, and then suddenly you'll realize you're not fine. Right. And I remember, I'll never forget. I was yeah. I was very young. I was probably in high school at the time. Yeah. When we had run the Peachtree Road Race, and of course it's on July fourth, yes. so it's it, it can be really hot and humid in Atlanta on July fourth, and there was a guy who came running by us, and some lady came running behind him and said, "Go catch that guy!" And I'm like, "I'm not going to catch that guy." I mean, I was a teenager, <laughs> right? you know, and um, she said, I, he, "I asked him. I said, you know, well, when he was running by, we asked, you know, well, what's going on?" And he said, "He said I'm fine," mm-hmm. and he kept running. And the lady was like, "He's not fine." <laughs> He's, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm a kid. Don't, what am I supposed to do? Don't, don't give me a hard time. Don't get me involved. I ran the Peachtree Road Race one time. And what I couldn't believe was like the firemen and the military people who would dress like in full yeah. gear and run that yeah. on July 4th. Yeah. Bless them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There are some some July 4th Peachtree races I've run. I've probably run mm-hmm. 10 or 12 Peachtrees and um, there have been some brutal days, uh, but there, some, every once in a while, it, it it's a little cool and it's yeah. nice. <laughs> All right. Well, you you had some scriptures here. First one is from James one twelve. You said, and it says, "Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him." And you follow that up saying, "I remember thinking after my brother had passed away, I had a choice." I could continue to choose God and hold on to my faith and hope, or I could make a choice to numb the pain. I chose God, but it really, but it wasn't an easy path. It took me run for God in over eight years to really enjoy running again. And it takes waking up every morning and making a choice, a choice to choose joy. So how do you get there? How do you get to that point where you choose joy every morning? So choosing joy, I think is a, 
kind of a daily experience. You know, I think the making the choice to choose God or to numb the pain was an immediate response for me. I had a very strong faith, but that did really rattle my my faith and shake my faith because I think you just find yourself asking those why questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't get answers to those why questions. And so... After that, I was like, there were many days I could have went that route and just been like, I'm just going to be miserable. And there, and I'm not going to lie, there were days that I was when that first happened. But over the periods of time, and thankfully, I have wonderful friends and family who surrounded me. And so choosing joy just became a daily it really, I feel like it's a daily, you wake up in the morning and I don't always wake up like in the best of mood, you know? So I do something that I think everybody should do. I pray and I start out with the things that I'm grateful for mm-hmm. because those can be very simple things that anybody can do. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm grateful that I do have, I have a wonderful husband. I have three dogs, even though they wake me up way too early, <laughs> you know, all of the things. Mm-hmm. And it's just finding the little things. Sometimes we want to make everything so big. But, mm-hmm. and of course, choosing joy is also choosing God every day first. So we have to make sure he's at the center of everything we do. Um, so do you feel like that's a purposeful thing you have to do every day? Or is that something that's just kind of a habit at this point? Or how, how do you? Th- it depends. Most of the time, it's pretty uh, much more of a habit. But I'll tell you, like when the weather and stuff is like this, yeah. I sometimes have to be a little more purposeful in it. Or if I'm having a day where I'm like, oh, work is just going to be hard today, yeah. then I have to really kind of get myself in that place. But it's a little bit like running, isn't it? Yes. In that <laughs> it there's, is. there's some days where you feel like getting out the door and going, and there's some days you just don't feel like it. Absolutely. It's yeah. the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I went to the track yesterday to do a track workout. It was raining and it's like, you just got to go, well, you know what? It's right. I mm-hmm. keep preaching and telling everybody you got to run in the rain. <laughs> so and so you better it. go run in the rain. <laughs> So, uh, That's what you preach, right? <laughs> yeah. So, gone it. Did I really say that? <laughs> um, so, anyway, I, you know, I've been I've been in these marathons too, where you know you feel like you you almost feel like you have to stop, mm-hmm. and you just got to keep going. How do you keep yourself going? Well, in this particular marathon, I thought I didn't really ha- feel like there was any options. I mean, I'm sure there were medical tents and people could have pulled me off, but in my head, there was no option. So I was like, all right, I'm going to pray. I'm going to call on the people who I know who will pray for me. And it was really interesting because after I did that, even though I wasn't running necessarily any faster and I was still walking a lot, I felt that. Yeah. Like I knew I was going to be able to finish. And my husband was so sweet. He even called me on the phone and talking through it with me a little bit and telling me he's at the waiting at the end. And so that was, you know, very helpful to me. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, of course, this verse too, it's a, it's a great parallel kind of to, to what we do. Um, a- anytime that you, you're trying to, persevere when things get hard um, makes us stronger um, do, you, do you feel like you've become stronger through some of these other things that you've gone but do you feel like running makes you a stronger person mentally as well yes and what's interesting for me I have a little bit different story with that because I stopped running after my brother passed away because we had sort of had this plan of one day We were going to do like a run together, a triathlon or something. And that kind of fell by the wayside. And so running after that, like was really hard for me. It felt like a lot of bricks because I had that weight of that. Yeah. But over time and now I think I needed to find this group, honestly, because I needed a reason to run that was beyond myself. Mm -hmm. And when I found I could run for God, like I don't know that I connected that until 
more recently. Yeah. And so having that, I'm not sure if I answered the question. I might have just went off on it. But no, but it's yeah. good. And it, I think we do that with all, everything we do in our life, right? We think we have a job, yes. right? So we have a job and we just have to, we have to do our job. Yes. And we don't think about doing our job for God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because I do think about that. I mean, I'm technically a, a Christian counselor, but I see a lot of people in the secular world, mm-hmm. but in everything I do now, running, working, like I, present that from a place of, I want to see people how God sees people, right? I want to live like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's an important part of, like, it's not so much about the running necessarily anymore for me. It's more about how can I show Jesus to other people through the running? Yeah. Do you have those really people that are really tough to... To appreciate for who they are? Sometimes. Yeah. Most, most of the people I have, I will say, I, I love working with. Yeah. Um, you know, I usually know if it's going to be a good fit or not. And so yeah. I pray on it. Um, you know, I had somebody yeah. recently come in that I said, it wasn't somebody I thought I would take on, but God was like, no, she needs you. And I was like, yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, it's a learning experience for me. And that's how I keep looking at it. Challenges and learning experiences. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And God is working in me. Yeah. I see as a coach, I see athletes that just, I just want to shake them because you know how <laughs> yes. to fix them, right? Yes. You know exactly what they need to hear and right. what they need to do to fix yes. them. But they're not listening to what you're selling. Yes. And- well, and it's funny because I went to school to be a counselor because they said, because I thought I'd fix people. And the first thing they said in one of my classes was, you're not here to fix people. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's God's job. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> so, it's true. Yes, it it's is. It's true. No matter what somebody yeah. said this morning, that, that I've got a, a neighbor, one of my neighbors who mm-hmm. is runs on the cross country team. Mm-hmm. And he has a tendency sometimes to be. I'll just say, be a little lazy from time to time. And they asked me, do you go down there and bang on his door and holler at him and stuff? I'm like, no, I I can't want it for him. Exactly. He's got to want it for himself. And that's the way it is for all of us, right? I mean, I'm sure you see that in counseling. Your goal is to try to get somebody to the point where they want to do it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I took a test once a long time ago and it said, I struggle with people who fall into victim mentality. (laughs) And so that does get really hard for me because I can see the potential of who God has created created them to be. And I just want them so badly to see it for themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. And in this day and time, the victim mentality is so bad. I mean, if this really people is, wear it like it's a badge of honor yes. to be a victim and that's, that's so terrible for us. Yeah. Oh. I, yes. I could talk about that for a while, but yeah. we, probably should move on. <laughs> we better move on. Uh, another scripture, first Chronicles twenty eight ten says, so take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as his sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. And you follow that up by saying, I believe God calls each of us to build a temple as his sanctuary. And that is a unique process to each of us. I have heard people say how amazing it is that I have run marathons, started my own business, etc. And while I appreciate the sentiment and am grateful for a supportive community, the truth of the matter is none of it would happen if I didn't first listen to God, asking him what he wants me and to know and what he wants wants me to do. But then I must st- step up and keep taking each step, next step as he directs me, doing the hard work, staying strong, even when things don't go as planned or look how I think they should. This marathon didn't go as I had planned, but went exactly as God had planned. It's always easier when you look back at it, isn't it? It really is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
you, you know, and I thought this was going to be something for me with God telling me, like showing me. So, and he did. He sh- like, I thought maybe, I, no, I thought I was going to be showing God to people. But in this particular race, like the community was showing God to me. And so uh-huh. that was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I have this, this feeling that, that God in, in his plans for us, mm-hmm. he plans for all of us to do something hard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, some of us listen to them yes. and some of us take on those hard things and then some of us don't listen to them. Mm-hmm. I was listening yesterday to a podcast and they had some TikTok videos they were playing on there <laughs> uh-huh. of, of people who were, they were basically teenagers or young, yeah. young adults that were hollering about they can't believe they have to work. <laughs> you know, we, we've gone to come this far in society. We shouldn't have to work. Be strong and do the work. <laughs> and it's, it's like. You know, I mean, wow. it's, it's just crazy. It's yes. crazy to listen to it. Um, but at the same time, those are people that completely miss the boat on why it's good to do hard things. Right. I see kids come to practices mm-hmm. and their, their goal is to see how much they can get away with not doing. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you're here. Exactly. You, you got up this morning right. to, to practice, to run. And then you're going to try to figure out how much, how little running you can do. That right. makes no sense at all. Do the hard stuff. I mean, and honestly, if you do everything the easy way, like it's kind of like when the parent hands the kid the brand new car and says, here, go like, and then the kid wrecks the car and they just keep handing them new cars. They're not learning anything from it. Yeah. So that I I get very frustrated by that. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible absolutely tells us he has a plan for each of us, but think about I mean, for anybody who's listening, think about that. Think about it. God has a specific plan for you, not for people, mm-hmm. not for humankind. He does have a plan for humankind and for, for us in general, but he also has a very specific plan for you. And that includes doing something hard. Absolutely. I think sometimes, too, we miss the point of maybe he's already told us what to do and we need to do it because sometimes, you know, you hear people say, well, I just don't feel like God's talking to me anymore Mm -hmm. and i know for me usually when i feel that way he's already told me to do something and i'm just like having that argument of like are you sure i'm the person for that (laughs) yeah yeah a lot it's it's like it's like a parent like you know i remember when when, you know my mother was like she would tell me to do something Mm -hmm. and then if i didn't do it she just look at me like she didn't have to say another word. I knew what she meant by the look. Yep. Right. And that's the way God is. I think a lot of times with us, right? right. He'll let us know. And then you'll just sit back and go, just do it. Absolutely. Just, just, just looking at yes. us. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. And then I think there's sometimes we don't, we don't hear what God wants for us because we're not receptive enough. Right. And I think that's a big issue too sometimes. And sometimes I think we try to fit what we want into what we want to believe God wants for us. And he real quick to show us the, um, that's not what I had in mind. <laughs> it's easy to get that confused though sometimes, oh, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. Because so many times the things that we want to do, we know they're good things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if it's it's a good thing, then surely God wants me to do good things. Right. I, I read a book about that. I can't remember. It's been years ago, but it was talking about sometimes it's figuring out what the best good is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So versus just good or versus bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last scripture is from Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on my you will call on my, I guess, a name and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
And you followed up by saying, this is one of the very first verses I ever really held on to, as I love the idea of God having plans for me, good plans. But as I've grown in my faith, I see the entire story. There are going to be trials and tribulations, setbacks, and growth as God is working in me to fulfill his plans. It's interesting that with many things I've been through in my life's journey and my running journey, I can look back now and see how so many pieces of my life have shaped and continue to shape me to impact the world and lead people to Jesus through my own testimony and story of hope, knowing this life is not the end of the story. I've also seen I can plan it all out, but usually God has an even better plan waiting if I'm willing to follow his lead. <laughs> Again, that's the trick. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm very guilty of, I like to, my husband will tell you, I am a planner <laughs> to yeah. the 10th degree. And he's more of the, let's just go do. <laughs> and then God goes, mm, hang on. <laughs> that's, that's Mitchell and I working together. Mitchell's the planner. I'm the, let's just, just go do it. Let's just, just do it. Yeah. Well, it works well for Randy and I, so. <laughs> it works. It, yeah. And I, and I, you know, I, God, it's funny because I know I frustrate somebody like you. I do. I do. Cause I'm not a, I'm not a big planner and that's frustrating to people who do plan and people like, uh, me get frustrated with why do you want to talk about what's going to happen next month? It's not, we're not at the end of this month yet. You know, I haven't even thought about next week. Why are you talking about next month? And, um, it's frustrating on both sides, but I think yeah. that's part of God's plan is for us to learn from each other, right? Yeah, I was going to say, so it's funny, even um, our local church, we st- so we have a church and then, you know, they planted other churches in different areas. And so they planted one in Monroe and we were one of the first people, but there were very few of us who were planners, most of them, and they would tell you this. They're kind of like, we'll just do. And I really like, that was a good learning experience for me because I yeah. did realize you don't have to plan everything. Like yeah. you can sometimes figure it out as you're going and that's okay. Yep. So, yep. yeah. Yep. You probably need to plan a little bit less and I probably need to plan right. a lot more. <laughs> but yeah. Did I have ever told, have you ever heard the story about how I decided I didn't need to plan stuff? No, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, there's a story behind that. So when I was in college, uh-huh. I had a speech class. Yeah. And at this speech class, we were supposed we gave a speech basically about once a week and I was supposed to give my speech on a Wednesday. It was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. I was supposed to give my speech on a Wednesday. Well, it's Monday and Mm -hmm. we're in class. And of course, you know, we love those classes because we get to just listen to everybody else. Right. right? (laughs) And so I'm sitting back and then he calls my name. (laughs) I had, I had the wrong day. I had not planned my speech. I knew what my topic was, but I did not know. I didn't, hadn't planned it out at all. I just knew what my topic was. Ironically, at this point, my topic was running shoes. Oh, funny. <laughs> and I worked at a running shoe store, so I knew it wasn't wow. going to take a lot of work to be, to get ready for it, but I didn't plan it. So at that point, I had, I had a choice. Uh-huh. I was either going to go, I'm not ready, mm-hmm. which I didn't want to do, <laughs> or I was going to walk to the front of the class and give a speech that I hadn't prepared for. <laughs> and so I chose the latter. And I walked to the front. I gave my speech. I finished it exactly on time. Mm-hmm. And I got an A on that speech. Well, okay. And decided, I guess, at that point in time, <laughs> why plan anything? <laughs> it was a terrible, terrible experience for me because that's, I think that set me up for life. Yeah. I'm a good planner, but I do tend to procrastinate on those plans. And I had I asked another counselor one time, well, what do you tell people when they procrastinate? Because I know I'm bad. She's yeah. like, if it works for them, I tell them keep doing it until it doesn't work. 
<laughs> so, so maybe you're on the right track. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. But it does cause me it causes me issues uh, very often because so, I don't want to slow down. And I think part, yeah. you know, I, I do think running is part of that too uh-huh. because my my drive to always want to go faster. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I've I've had a number of speeding tickets in my life. <laughs> None recently. I've gotten okay. way better at it, but I've had a number of speeding tickets in my life because I'm always wanting to go a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Always a little bit faster. <laughs> And, uh, and always pushing to go a little bit faster. And that, that can be really good for some things. Right. And it can be super unhealthy other times. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, God has, has really worked on me to yeah. get me to learn how to, yeah, to there are some calm things down. Yeah, I need to slow down for. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But the bottom line is, is this, this, the plans that God has for us and trying to listen out for those plans and follow those plans, um, he does have a, a very, very detailed plan for your life. Yeah. And- I, I think we run into the problem, though, when we think, oh, well, he's got a plan for our life. And we think it's all these steps are going to happen and there's not going to be any trials or tribulations in there. I feel like that happens a lot of times. People are like, I know what God wants me to do. But then you get frustrated because of all of the other things that might be getting in the way that you have to figure out. But I have also found, even in all those trials and tribulations, it has played a part in getting me to what's supposed to be next. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think what we want, what we want, for example, I remember when God was telling me, you need to, you need to find another job. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. he was very clearly a year before mm-hmm. I left that job, I knew he wanted me to leave mm-hmm. that job. It was very clear. And so, but I'm, I'm like, well, first of all, I'm, 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 I'm really conservative when it comes to stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I don't, I, I thought I was going to retire there. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. And, um, I just remember just thinking, well, God, if you want me to do that, then drop something in my lap mm-hmm. and I'll do it. Right. But of course, that's not what he was asking me to do. Right. Right. He was asking you to trust him. Right. And, and, and do, and, and get, get out there and do the, do the work yes. of, of going out there and yeah. finding the next thing that I have for you because yes. it's out there Absolutely. if you'll just look for it. Yeah. But I didn't want to look for it. I wanted him to just give it to right. me. Right. Right. I think we all are kind of, you know, how many times have you said, I just want him to drop it on my head and tell yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. But that's not the way it works. No, it's and those not. trials that you're yeah. talking about, yeah. those trials are those things. Yes. That make those plans all come together. Without them, the plans don't work. Absolutely. I, previous to becoming a mental health counselor, was a special education teacher. And I thought that's what I was going to retire from. Because I had actually went back to school to do that. And he was kind of like, mm, I think I have something else for you. Uh, and I was like, I don't want to go back to school. I don't want it. Like, I was arguing with God a lot about this one. But now I can look back and see why he put me where he put me. Even though it was a really hard journey. Yeah. And still can be at times, but yeah. It absolutely can be. And that's where we, it's often where we fail is where we know God, we know God's pushing us to Mm -hmm. a thing, right? We we have this goal (laughs) that God's pushing us to. And then when, when it's, it's not a straight path, we quit. Right. Right. Because, well, oh, well, obviously God didn't want me to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not what he's saying. Exactly. That's not what he's saying. He didn't say if it's hard, quit. <laughs> just because he put a fence for you to climb doesn't right. mean that, that yes. you, you should you should just turn around and walk away. Absolutely. And uh, that's where it's, it's hard to know. Right. Right. Because there yeah. are times where I think where we think God is pushing us in a, in a direction mm-hmm. and he's not. Yeah. And of course, in those cases, he's going to put things in our way to say this isn't the way. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So. It's hard sometimes to know, is that an obstacle I'm supposed to scale or right. is that an obstacle that's telling me stop going this way? Yeah. 
How do you know which one's which? Yeah, that is a good question. I think sometimes you have to decide how many, like, well, I don't know. I was going to say, well, are, is it continually obstacle after obstacle? I think we know at the core, like, if it's something we're really supposed to be doing or not. Yeah. But I don't know. That's a good question. That I, I'd have to think on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do have some questions here. In the Bible, hope and endurance can go hand in hand. When you must search and dig deep to endure and find hope, what or who do you turn to so that you're able to overcome the hard and challenging times? In other words, how do you persevere and handle the hard challenges, running or walking challenges, or other life challenges, and keep hope alive? Of course, for me, I just focus, because I'm not a planner, mm-hmm. I just focus on what's in front, <laughs> front of, of you. me, right? And I think that's really valuable yeah. to not be a planner and to run something like a marathon. Mm-hmm. Because for a marathon, for me, it's yeah. like, I mean, I've been in marathons where halfway through, I'm dead. I'm done. Uh-huh. I'm like, I feel so bad. I feel like I'm done with a marathon mm-hmm. halfway through. I'm like, I got 13 more miles to go. And my attitude is just worry about the next one. Yes. Worry about the next uh-huh. mile. Yeah. You know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ryan Hall wrote, mm-hmm. wrote the book, Run the Mile You're In. Yes. I can so identify with that. Yeah. Because that's just the way I am. Even on, even in a workout, yesterday I was doing a workout. Mm-hmm. I so wanted to stop in the middle of workout because I was doing, like, I was doing some sprinting, some really hard, yeah. fast stuff. And I hate doing it and it hurts really <laughs> bad. And it's, I've got some tweaks that I have to work around. And, um, I'm like, I just, I just need to use this as an excuse to quit. Mm. And I was like, Nope, nope, nope. Right. Just, I'll just get through another one, uh-uh. get through another one, yes. get through another one, get yeah. through it. And eventually mm-hmm. you're at the end. And I think, you know, with me being a planner, what I run into is, and God is, keeps, he keeps saying this to me over and over again, just take the next step because I'm looking at the full picture and thinking, gosh, this seems so overwhelming to get from here to here. And so I'm really trying to be a little bit less of a planner and be okay with, okay, what's just the next step and learn. It'll be a learning experience. If it goes horribly wrong, then we'll just do the next thing. Right. Kind of even how I'm feeling about the, I've never ran an ultra before. So that'll be, I was supposed to do it last year, but I was listening to too many different things, I think, and trying to make it work. Yeah. But I feel like, God was like trying to tell me I just wasn't listening. Like, this is not the time. Cause I thought, Ooh, I'm going to do a 50 K when I'm 50. But God said no. <laughs> but now I feel like we're all, maybe on the same page. We'll see. <laughs> well, good. Good. That's cool. Another question. In what ways and where has God asked you to be strong and do the work? Have you or are you doing it? And why or why not? You know, this podcast is one of those things. One of the things that I struggle with a lot, and uh, and I guess it's because I'm not, and maybe it is partly because I'm not a planner, is is doing things. You would, th- I'm going to say this, and you're going to think, well, you you've run every day except for one for 12 years. <laughs> how how would you feel that way? But I have a hard time doing the things that you have to do regularly. Mm-hmm. Like I get bored with doing things regularly, mm-hmm. and so like this podcast is one of those things. Yeah, and I think God put this podcast in my life because it's. It's, it's good for me to have something that I have to follow through on regularly, yes. right? Yes. God gave me this message about the Bible in a year stuff uh-huh. that, that, that I'm doing. Um, and it was just like, it hit me so hard and so fast that you need to do this. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was almost overwhelming how hard it was it, the, the, I, or how much I knew that's what he wanted me to do. 
And so I took that step. And then after I took that step, I was like, you realize what that means? <laughs> you have to do this every There's, day. <laughs> that's 365 days, uh-huh. uh, you know, and it's, yes. it's like, that's, that's a lot and it's mm-hmm. overwhelming. Yeah. And when I look at it, when I, when I look at it from the, the overall perspective mm-hmm. of you, you got 365 audio recordings and videos you put together and you got, and you got to link all that stuff together and you, when you start thinking about that overall, it's like, that's such a big picture. Absolutely. And overwhelming. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then I, I fall back to, all right, let me, I'm going to do, I'm going to do one today or I'm going right. to do five today. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, we'll worry about the rest later. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I, um, I can fall into that too. You know, there's a couple of things I'm wanting to do with, with my business and a couple of projects. And I do that too, where I'm like, but if I do this, it means I have to do this. Yeah, yeah. But if God is telling me to do this, I need to do this. Right. So I like that. Just, you know, taking one um, step at a time. But I do think, um, bless you for some of those names you have to read in that, in the Bible. Cause I'm like, I would not, I just laugh because I can hear you laughing. You're like, this is right. <laughs> but I love listening to it. It's nice to just sit back and look and read and listen to you. <laughs> and I was trying to remember. Uh, Mitchell said something about how long it would take to read. I can't remember if it was a verse a day or a chapter in four years. And I thought, I think I want to do that. But then that seems like really long. It's a long commitment, <laughs> it, isn't it? Yeah. But it'd be so interesting to really sit down and learn. Yeah. So, yeah. But you know, that's what I've always said about, I've said about this about college. And if you're out there and you're listening to this and you, this is blasphemy, I'm sorry, <laughs> but this is what, this is why I feel about college. The only thing college is good for. Now, if you're an engineer, or you're a doctor and you learn something specific, it's right. not, that's not all I'm talking about. But in general, mm-hmm. what, what college is good for is showing that you can take on a four year plan and complete it. <laughs> that's it. I would agree with that. And, and my undergrad, I'll be honest, I didn't do so well with completing the four. I did it, but I was in a very different place in life. <laughs> well, and I was too, yeah. but, but the, the, the actual oh. things that I learned in school, I apply very little of it, right? I have an undergraduate degree in political science. Ask me how yeah. many times I have applied that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. We could have some interesting conversations about that. Uh, you probably have better conversations with my husband because I, I have a degree in it, but I'm really not very well versed Don't. in it. <laughs> uh, well, I have a degree from Georgia Tech, and so... I don't know how many people there are from Georgia Tech that have been in human resources, uh-huh. first of all, and in any kind of ministry right. at all, right? Yeah. Uh, although my pastor, when I lived down in South Georgia, was a Georgia Tech graduate. Oh, interesting. Okay. And God called uh-huh. him to the ministry after he had become a chemical engineer. Wow. And he decided, I need to, this is what I got to do. And okay. Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting how God will call people into different things. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like more recently for me, um, I don't know if there's a big thing that God, you feel like God's got you involved in. Maybe it's this, this ultra marathon, but I feel like God has this word he keeps putting in my, you know, um, Mitchell keeps talking about the word peace Uh is in his head. The word that's in my head is truth. Okay. I have a really hard time Mm. with our world today Mm. because I, I'm, and again, if you're out there and you disagree with me, I'm sorry. I, I'm tired of hearing about your truth uh-huh. and my truth. Right. If there's not a your now we have my experiences and your Absolutely. experiences. Absolutely. But there is one truth. Yes. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And God clearly wants me to move in that direction and do something that has something to do with truth. Mm-hmm. And we spend a lot of time talking about that in my Sunday school class. But yeah. Um I 
the Bible is truth, period. Yeah. And, um, I, and yeah. so the, I think that's the, I, I need to be more pur- purposeful in going down that lane yes. for me. So Because, I mean, I think the Bible obviously is the ultimate book of instruction, and that's what we need to remember. That's what we need to turn to. You know, and um, Angie and I, when we were coming up here, we were talking about that a little bit. Because, you know, even in the Bible, some things can be subjectively interpreted. Yeah. And so... But I mean, it is what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so you, if you follow that, I feel like you're on the right, right path. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. Last question. When God's plan is different from your plan, how do you handle the process and the outcome? Are you faithful, forgetful, or frenzied? <laughs> or do you respond in some other manner? Ask anybody who knows me and I'm forgetful. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, this is a truth. This is so true. Uh-huh. I am amazed at the number of times that God puts something in front of me to remind me about something. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. And I'm going to give you an example. And I know this, I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, but this happened. This happened this week. Okay. So or, it was Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning, I'm out running uh-huh. and I had prepared for a regular podcast for today. Uh-huh. We had talked again, you're planning way ahead. I don't plan ahead right. well. I knew you were coming. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Right? That's okay. So you know what happened? I run into Mitchell Saturday morning. Uh-huh. He's driving through and I just happen to be running by and I stopped to talk to him mm-hmm. and he's like, Hey, aren't you supposed to do the podcast with Kimberly on Thursday? And I'm like, I'm glad you reminded me. Because I, yeah. it, because I would have been planning in a whole different direction, right? Right. But I'm just, I'm convinced that God does that to, because He knows my heart is <laughs> yes. not there. That's not where my heart right? is. My heart is not to forget you yeah. at all. Oh, I know that. You know, and, <laughs> I'm not offended. <laughs> and, and but that's, but, but He knows that's how I am, yeah. and yes. so He, I feel like God puts all these things in my life. Mm-hmm. And my, my wife is a good example. My wife does stuff all the time. She'll remind me of stuff that I didn't forget about, uh-huh. but she's reminded me just in case. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And it's just, it's so awesome to watch God do that. Right. Because so. he knows, he knows me right. so well. Well, I, I do laugh because I say God gifted me with the ability to forget just because in the work that I do, if I carried all of that home with oh, me. I so I, I do tend to be forgetful <laughs> when it comes to things, uh, even though I am a planner. Now, dates and times, I usually will have that in my calendar, you know, and no, but when it comes to like deep stuff that somebody will be, you know, and we do something called listening prayer sometimes at our church too. And People will ask, say something to you about it, and I'm kind of like racking my brain, going, "I don't remember that. Like, what happened?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but I, I really think he blessed me with the ability to forget. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. We're back. So, so tell me, what's your favorite thing about Run Club? You know, I think probably more than anything, it's probably the community of 
people. And, you know, um, so Angie Hawkins and I were talking. Like, we probably would have never met because we don't live necessarily that close. We're a couple hours away. Although we did find out we had another connection from somebody they went to high school with. So that was oh. kind of fun. <laughs> but I think that's it. And just getting to see, I like, I love people's stories. So I love to see people's Facebook posts and see the stories than the yeah. things that they're talking about. So probably more that for me. And then just time, of course, to run with God and just really have that time to specifically devoted to that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So what church do you attend? Um, it's Grace Monroe. It's a non-denominational church cool. where we live. Yeah. Do you like the idea of the non- non-denominational? I do. Yeah. yeah, I do. I, you know, sometimes I think we get caught up in the label of, and you, you know, you hear a word like Baptist or you, and you automatically put assumptions maybe with that. Yeah. 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 Although I would say I'm, I go to a Baptist church. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been to several others and, but Baptist can mean a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> My goodness. The, the range of Baptist churches yeah. is huge. Well, and actually our non-denominational church, I think maybe came out of baptism. Yeah. 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 Baptist, baptism, Baptist yeah. <laughs> church. Yeah. 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 Um, so do you, do you have a running group that you run with where you live? Or? Um, I do. So we have a local run for God club. We're kind of taking a break right now. Um, but we'll probably start that back because we have, we always start groups kind of in the fall. Yeah. Um, and then I have a group of people. It was funny. Like after I started run for God, I just put out on Facebook. I was like, anybody know some good places to run? And a, a friend I had known from an exercise class that I went to said, Hey, we run at Stone Mountain every dot, dot, dot. And, I was like, maybe I'll come out. And so I've ran with them a lot. They're the crazy people. I went to Savannah and ran in the pouring down rain with gusting winds. And so, yeah. So I do have a good community of people. But sometimes I do like to just go out and do my own thing. I've run a number of races over at Stone Mountain. I used to love running the races at Stone Mountain. Probably maybe the best race I've ever run in my life. Yeah. I ran a 20K at Stone Mountain. Really? That was, um, I was only... Gosh, I was only like 16 years old. I had no idea how to pace myself or anything yeah. for a 20K. And I wound up running like this crazy fast time <laughs> and uh, had no idea how good it was right? until yes. years later. Well, you can definitely get your hill work out there. And, yeah. And, <laughs> and that was the other thing was I ran that fast on those hills. You yes. know, you know what? It, yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I do it's them. Really, I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so what do you love the most about running in general? Hmm. I think, well, I think for me, it, it makes me feel better just in general. Like it's a, it feels like a confidence boost, but it is again, I think just about the people you encounter. Like I feel like the running community is very different than a lot of sports communities yeah. where everything, like I like competition. Don't get me wrong. I like, I'm, I'm much better. I'm not as competitive as I once was, but at the same time, I like that. Like what I really like is like the uh, Dalton 5k and how Mm. everybody waits for that last person to come in and just the cheering and the camaraderie of it. And you know, and people who are runners are funny. We will tell each other things, stories about what happened on the run. You won't tell anybody, right? (laughs) (laughs) And things that happen that you're like, wouldn't happen anywhere else. (laughs) That is true. That is true. That's a good point. Never thought about that. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And we're, we're going to talk about a radio station thing. And you worked at a radio station. I, I did. There was no planning on this. I, <laughs> right? I, I had no idea. So, well, have you ever wished you could push a button and get a do over? This one's called the dump button. 
When you broadcast live on Facebook, there's a 10 to 15 second delay between what you're doing and what comes across the screen to those watching. Have you wondered why that delay is there? Have you ever heard of the seven second delay used during uh, live programming on television? The delay is there to ensure there is time to edit out anything that could be a a liability to the network. In radio, they have what they call a dump button. It is there just in case something is said that shouldn't go out on the airwaves. They hit the button and it takes out the last few seconds of the broadcast. They can actually take back what they say. (laughs) Of course, they can only do it so many times. If you cut eight seconds out of a live broadcast, now you only have seven seconds to react instead of the 15. The computers will start building that buffer back up, but it takes a few minutes to build back up to that 15-second buffer. To anyone listening to the live broadcast, it sounds like nothing happened. As far as the listener is concerned, there was never anything controversial said. They didn't hear the cough. They didn't hear the wrong name being used. They didn't hear any mistakes. It all sounded perfect to the listener. Don't you wish we had a dump button for our lives? What if there were a way we could occasionally redo something we regret, or a way we could get rid of a bad run or walk? Wouldn't that be great? We would have the chance to start again, and the people around us wouldn't even know we were struggling. What could be better than that? A dump button sounds pretty good, huh? But let's think about that for a minute. What if we could make mistake after mistake, but could erase them like we were writing in pencil? Would that be a good thing? What if there were no consequences for our actions? As good as it may sound, I'm afraid that would just lead to bad behavior. The fact is that the fear of making mistakes is a good thing. It helps us to really focus on doing things right. There would definitely be some benefits to being able to run a workout to see how it feels and then erase it if it didn't work out. But when the stakes are low, I think we make bad decisions. And don't we need to practice making decisions? If we could erase bad decisions, what would happen when you get when you got a cancer diagnosis, God forbid, and you can't erase that? If we never face the stress of dealing with a poor decision, the stress will be overwhelming when we must face stress. And what if we erased complacency? Like, what if I missed a run, but I couldn't go back, but I could go back, erase that hour and go for a run? That would be great, right? The problem comes when you're limited from doing it again. In radio, you can only use the dump button once every few minutes. If we could get away with being too complacent, we would probably run out of opportunities to use the dump button. As for me, I don't think I want a dump button. Sure, there are times I would love to take back something I said, but I like the pressure of trying not to say it in the first place. It has led to me saying less bad things, and that's a good thing. God, on the other hand, does have a dump button. Jesus went to the cross so that we could wipe away every sin we have ever committed. And when we're a child of God, he has the ability and the desire to forgive all of our future sins. Our salvation is kind of a dump button. But just like a good radio host tries to never use the dump button, We should never rely on God's forgiveness when we make decisions. In other words, just because God will forgive our sins doesn't mean we should push him to forgive our sins. We should do our absolute best to never have to use the dump button. When we do our best to do all the things we need to do and should do, 
and we enter the gates of heaven, God will look at us like we hear the radio program. It will be as if we never committed all those sins. That is the ultimate use of the dump button. You familiar with the dump button? It's funny. I don't remember us calling it that, but I know uh, what you're talking about. Maybe yeah. they called it something else. But yeah. yes, because um, the FCC rule, you can get in trouble if there are some things that you say. Yeah. So you definitely have to have that button if someone's about to say something they shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, dirty little secret in the radio industry, too. These days, and I don't know how long it's been since oh, you've been in there. but been many years ago. <laughs> well, now, most of what they do, these live radio programs, uh, a lot of times, are not live. Yeah. They sound live. Yeah. But they're not live. Right. And yeah. they're recording these things well ahead. They're, they're recording stuff the day before to do for tomorrow. This is how long ago I was in radio. We were actually live and we had these little cassette things that looked like eight tracks that you put in and played the music yes. on. I remember <laughs> yes. those. I remember. So it's been a while. Yes. When, uh, when I was in college, yeah. we did, I, I had a marketing class and uh-huh. we had to do a radio commercial. Mm-hmm. So we went to the, to the, campus radio station and i remember using those tapes to record our commercial that's good stuff we did those that was hysterical uh it's good stuff good stuff i think bob labelle was the first person i heard about the dump button from he's the guy who started partners for christian media um i think they also right he was yes he was on the podcast that was really good yeah 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 yeah. really thoughtful Mm -hmm. guy super nice guy um they also have like a cough button too. Yes. Where you can just hit the button and hold it and, yes. and it'll, yeah, and it would be nice to have one of those here. You really would, yes. <laughs> but we don't. We oh, don't. Can't have everything. Uh, yeah. And we, you know, we'd like to erase some things, I guess, but, um, you know, I've always said my, my quote is we, we have to have bad days. Otherwise we don't have anything to compare the good days to. Mm-hmm. When we never make a mistake and everything is perfect all the time, then, when things, when the, well, when things go bad, then then it's a problem. But also, when you have these days you struggle through, it makes you really appreciate the days where things go well. I, I absolutely agree with that. I had a gym teacher once tell us that she was like, "If you don't experience pain, you don't know the full um, potential of love." I thought she was just kind of messing with us because yeah. she wanted us to run. Yeah. <laughs> but the more I see that as I'm getting older, I'm like, sometimes we do have to experience pain in our life to truly feel love. And so I feel like that goes right along with, with that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point. I like that. I like that. You know, I subscribe to this group who has, um, they, they, several of them do podcasts and, um, you know, and if you're a subscriber, mm-hmm. then you get to listen to their podcasts without the commercials. Ah. If you just <laughs> listen to their regular podcast that you get off of Apple podcasts or whatever, right. then, um, then you have to listen to these commercials. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have to listen to it because I subscribe. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. And so it, it's, it's kind of a, a privilege to get the, the, the good version and not the free version, right. right? But what God is saying is that we don't have to pay for the use of the dump button. Absolutely. It's free to all of us. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is say, I accept what you sent your son to the cross for. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as that. Yes. And if you're out there and you are unsure if that's where you are and that's where your relationship is, go to runforgod.com and go all the way to the bottom of the page and check out the Peace with God page and watch those four videos there. And you may find that it, it, it's easy to use the dump button. Mm-hmm. It's a hard, it can be a hard life. Yes. It's not an easy life. It doesn't mean life's going to be great and hunky dory from now on. Uh, but you'll find a peace you've never felt before. 
Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the Bible every day for a full year. We go through the hard-to-pronounce names and all. (laughs) In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run for God Run Club to get access, so if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab. Right. Every week, I share a reason why running and walking is so awesome, and we're going to go right along with the theme we've been on so far, and it's that it's hard. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that it's hard because we need to do hard things. Hard things are good for us. I wrote a story here back last year, I think it was, about how when you go into space, it doesn't take long before your body, you start to lose muscle mass mm-hmm. and you, you can't do things because just the act of being alive and having gravity makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. So resistance is good for us and doing hard things is good for us and running, walking, is is hard, yes. and that makes it good for us. <laughs> and um, there's so many parallels too between our faith and our running. Um, we know that being a good runner can actually strengthen our faith, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, I think that's that. cool. Um, so yeah, it's really good that we can we can do hard things, yes. and running is a hard thing. All right, so. You like to listen to stuff while you run? You like to be unplugged, plugged? What do you think? Kind of depends on the day and the distance. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, like the first part of the marathon I ran, I liked not listening to anything because I could see the ocean and listen to the waves and, you know, just really feel presence of God in that moment. But then about halfway through was when I was struggling a little bit and I was like, all right, I need... I'm like, I'm tra- praying God, like, give me something. And that's when, you know, he, that podcast was like right yeah. there telling me, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. still going to be able to do it. <laughs> so. so on everyday runs, do you like um, to listen to stuff? Or? Yeah, well, a lot of times, like, um, like I kind of have a routine when I go out and run on Mondays, I listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then the other days I kind of just decide what I'm going to listen to. Cause I have some different podcasts that I listen to, or I, it was just really funny. I used to always only just listen to music, but I have found, um, I, I think I told Angie, I like listening to you and Mitchell because something about the way the two of you talk together keeps my pace right where it needs to be. <laughs> so, so I try to do that at least once a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad we're helpful. Yeah. Very much that. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shoes. Do you, do you have particular running shoes that you like do you, are you the are you the buy the same thing over and over again or are you the experimenter no i have i have been the experimental until i find something i used to have this pair of brooks i loved and then they changed them and so then i started just trying different things and now which is funny i never thought i would wear them but i wear new balance shoes and so i really seem to like those i've kind of been sticking with those Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I think it's just a matter of finding something you like. Yes. Uh, that's my, my preference. Well, I, and I, I shared just last week that um, I bought 40 pairs of the same shoe. Wow. And then I went to go buy a new pair of that shoe uh, yeah. at, at, the, at the store, and they were out of them. Mm. And I was like, but I, it was, I, was, I was at that panic stage I got. I need a new pair right now. Right. 
And so they said, well, why don't you try this other one? Same, same brand, uh-huh. but a little bit different shoe. He said, this is basically the same shoe, but it lasts a little bit longer. It's a little more expensive, but lasts longer. I'm like, I, I need something. Right. Yep. Okay, so I'll try, I'll try it. it. Yeah. So now I've had about 40 pairs of those. Oh, okay. And I'm still wearing those. <laughs> yeah. So basically yeah. I've really made no changes to my shoes yeah. in 80 pairs. So. That's, that's pretty impressive. I feel like I'm kind of still looking for my true racing soulmate. <laughs> now racing shoes are a whole different thing. So um, I just bought a pair of racing shoes. I, I paid two. Well, I didn't pay it that much for them. They gave me a discount, but $275 racing shoes. Shoes. Wow. So I, if you'd have told me I was going to do that years ago, I said, there's no way I'll do that. Um, it's kind of how I feel about even what I pay now, like hundred and something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was crazy, but man, they're unbelievable. <laughs> well, and I just used with my husband, I tell him this is what avoids injury. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, and that's true. <laughs> that it's true. It so, is important to have good yeah. shoes for sure. Yes. For yeah. sure. What about, um, are you, do you follow a specific type of diet? What's you, what's your diet look like? Well, it's funny. I kind of started doing the whole plant-based, but um, my iron got tested, so I had to add a little. But I pretty much, as much as I can, I'll just do grass-fed meat. They say that's better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't really have like what I would – I don't like the word diet, but, yeah. you know, I have some things. Like Angie introduced me to egg pie, so that's a breakfast go-to for yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> and then, But I don't know that I'll have a specific diet plan, but I do tend to lean towards more of the plant-based but you try to eat well. Yeah, yeah, like. as much as I can. I mean, yeah. you know, I blow it like everybody else sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. Yes, yes. We all do. Uh, but that that's good. That's good. Um, so many people just don't just don't pay any attention to their diet at all, hardly. Yeah. And yeah, I think the biggest thing about diet, I, I'm not convinced that with diet that diet is a long term issue for people. Mm-hmm. I think diet is more of a short term thing. In other words, what I'm saying is I don't think bad diets necessarily make you not live as long. Right. Um but I do think they make you feel worse tomorrow. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's yes. where the the value of a good diet is yes. is that you just feel better day to day. Yeah. I've noticed that as I've changed my eating, I do feel better when I eat better. It's obvious. Yeah. I actually run better. Like yeah. I've noticed that like if the fueling is off then my run is way off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you record your runs, not record them? Do you still do the journal stuff? I do, I do. Um, So my journal's kind of all over like everything in life, but the I have my little Garmin watch that my Stone Mountain group convinced me. I had a Fitbit for years, and they're like, no, no, come on board with us with our Garmins. So I was like, all right. (laughs) So it records everything, you know, for you, which is nice. Mm. Um, But I also have like another run coach app thing, and it – frustrates me because they never line up. <laughs> so I never know who's right, but I always just go with, I'm going to go with whoever says it's the longest distance and the fastest, <laughs> whether they're right they're or prob- wrong. They're probably close though, right? Yeah, they're yeah, usually yeah, fairly yeah. close. So. Well, I have made this observation mm-hmm. coaching yeah. um, younger athletes. I have found Apple watches are garbage oh, for know. recording runs. Yeah. I mean, they are really inaccurate. Yeah. Like if you get five people together, one's got an Apple watch and four have a Garmin, the Garmin's are going to be fairly close. That uh-huh. Apple watch could be way off. <laughs> I don't know why it, I don't know why they have a hard time with it, but that's um, interesting. I mean, I'm an Apple user, but mm-hmm. <laughs> not not their watches. No. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. Well, I have this cool story, and I just think this is such a great story, and I'm glad you're here to mm-hmm. share it to help me share this story. But in San Francisco, there was this group. I'll call them females, and you'll see why in a minute. That broke the 100 by one mile relay. 
Okay. So there were 100 runners uh-huh. who ran one mile each. Okay. And they broke the record by five minutes. Wow. These 100 women, girls, yeah. averaged five minutes and 35 seconds per mile. That is crazy. That's fast. <laughs> that is very, very fast. Yes, yes. Um, it is so tough to find 100 people who can run that fast. Right? And uh, they did this, again, in San Francisco. Um, and, and this is the coolest part, I think, about the whole thing, is that they ranged in age from 13 to 63. Wow. So their goal yeah. in doing yeah. this was to find as diverse a group as they could. Mm-hmm. And so um, the fifty there there was um, a 50-year spread between their ages. The 63-year-old ran a 605 for her mile. Wow. <laughs> the 13-year-old ran a 546. So, you know, you're asking me about pace. Slow. I'm slow. <laughs> Compared to that, for sure. <laughs> uh, they did this at the track at San Francisco State. The previous record was held by the Canadians Milers Club in 1999. Okay. And a lady that was part of that group actually kicked off the first leg by handing the baton to the person who ran the first leg. Oh. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So they were kind of a part of it. And they were excited about watching yeah. them try to break the record. Um, and that first person kicked it off with a 458 mile. Wow. Yeah. They were from the Nike Bowerman Track Club, or at least a former yeah. Nike Bowerman oh, Track wow. Club. Wow. Okay. Um, and then she handed off to that 13-year-old I talked about. Yeah. But there was even a woman that ran who was five months pregnant. See, I just can't even know how you can do that. (laughs) Yeah. And that one ran 616. Wow. The fastest split came from a former Harvard cross-country runner who ran 453. Oh, these numbers are insane. Yeah, really fast. Yeah. So this is what it says. It says, to qualify as Guinness World Record, organizers needed to survey the track which was widened with cones around the 200-meter turn to make each lap a quarter of a mile. Because most tracks in the U.S. are 400 meters, which means that it leaves you nine meters short after yeah. a mile. Oh, okay. So they had to make the track Tracks a little bit bigger. Wood. Okay. Um, which is good, good catch. Right? Good catch, right? Yes. Um, they also had to have two cameras videoing the entire race continuously and two manual timekeepers in addition to the electronic timing system. Pacers were not allowed. And the results will now need to be verified by Guinness World Records, which can take up to three months. And this event raised over $5,000 for Girls on the Run of the Bay Area. Okay. And that's a really great organization, that Girls on the Run. But it's funny. I read an article about this. And that 62-year-old was talking about when she first started running, how it wasn't really acceptable for women to run. So she would put a tennis racket in her hand and run so that people were thinking she was going to play tennis. I just thought that was funny. I was like, bless her for doing what she wanted to do and finding a way around. like Because she said she'd get harassed for running. never occurred to me that it would be unacceptable. So I remember uh, those days. And the article also said the guy, I think the person who puts it on, he was talking about, he was like, well, Houston and Atlanta might argue the point of that being the grimness. He's like, bring it on, basically. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that was yeah. real interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, they were, they, they were like, there might be somebody out there who can run a little faster than we did, but yeah. nobody's going to do it with a group like we had right? is, that, is the way they yes. looked at it. So, Absolutely. Uh, From what was the youngest? 13, 13 to, 63? to 63. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And those times. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool undertaking. Wow, yes. That's a pretty, pretty thing. I mean, to organize that. <laughs> I feel like that'd be like watching the Roadrunner. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, we have a trivia question for this week. I'm going to try to pronounce this name. I don't know if I can. 
There is an unusual race that takes place every June in the town of Lanwerted, well, Wells in Wales. What is the name of the race? Uh, and the name of the race will tell you why it's unusual. When you find out the name of the race, okay. you'll figure it out. Lanwerted is spelled L-L-A-N-W-R-T-Y-D. So if, <laughs> if you're out there wondering how do you spell that, that's how you spell Lanwerted, yeah. Wales, W-E-L-L-S, and that's in Wales. That's going to be interesting. I have no idea. <laughs> so very, very interesting. When you, right? when you see it, you'll be like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. And if you're the first person who finds the answer to that, or if you know the answer to that off the top of your head and you rip off an email to dean at runforgod.com and you're the first person to answer, you will win $20 off in the Run for God store. And cash is always good, right? Yes, always. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let me leave you with this motivational thought of the week. It comes from Kathleen Harris. It says, uh, excuse me, this one comes from Tom Hanks in the movie A League of Their Own. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. Isn't that, that good stuff? Great quote. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> goes along with our whole, whole podcast. Yes. Uh, I love that movie. Of course, mm-hmm. my favorite, you know what my favorite line in that movie is, right? No. Do you, do you, have you seen I've it? I've seen it. Yeah. Seen but it? I, it's been a while, but yeah. There's no crying oh, in baseball. Yes. <laughs> that is a great line. <laughs> One of the great movie lines of all yes. time, in my opinion. It is a yeah. really good movie. All right. Well, th- Kimberly, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Do you have any parting words you want to tell anybody? Just oh, to gosh. finish off. I, I mean, just, you know, if you're not a Run Club member, become one. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I just thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for going way out of your way to get here and, and be here. And uh, thank you for how much you support other people, too, in Run Club. Um, there, there's a good handful or more of people that, that are constant encouragers for everybody in Run Club, and that's what makes Run Club special, yes. and you're one of those people. So oh, thank, thank you, you for being with us. <laughs> All right. Until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.